Over the next several weeks, I want to focus on a single theme that I think is just stirring in many of us, not just me alone. And I want to talk about purpose. This passage may seem out of place, but it'll fit by the time we get into the message, so bear with me. A familiar story, book of Genesis, chapter 11. I want to talk today about we need to exist on purpose. Genesis 11, book of Genesis, chapter 11, beginning reading in verse number 1. Now the whole earth had one language and one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. Then they said to one another, come, let us make bricks and bake them together. They had brick for stone and they had asphalt for mortar. And they said, come, let us build ourselves a city and a tower whose top is in the heavens. Let us make a name for ourselves, lest we be scattered abroad over the face of the whole earth. But the Lord came down to see the city and tower which the sons of men had built. And the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and they are all one language. And this is what they begin to do. Now, nothing that they propose to do will be withheld from them. Come, let us go down and confuse their languages that they may not understand one another's speech. So the Lord scattered them abroad from there over the face of all the earth. And they ceased building the city. Therefore, its name is called Babel or Babel, because there the Lord confused the language on all the earth, and from there the Lord scattered them abroad over the face of the earth. Thinking about a phrase in my mind that you often hear when something goes wrong or something happens that causes some type of difficulty or challenge, and someone not perhaps understanding the full context of what happened says, you did that on purpose. Hearing it when, let's say, someone accidentally broke a mirror or accidentally knocked over a house of cards you've been working on for the past two months. It's usually intended to address an issue of intent. It's not denying what was done. It's not denying the situation we're in, but it is about determining the why. And there are many more in other areas of life where we think about intent. Earning a living, choosing a gift, traveling somewhere. A friend of mine at work just came back from a three-week vacation where he set out with his family in an RV to, and the way in which some of the other guys at the, at, at the office interpret it, just go traveling with no plan. Yet if you ask him, he had a very specific plan. He was going to be stopping at specific places, at specific campsites, at specific RV villages. While everyone seems to enjoy this whole notion of life having spontaneity, and while we don't want to go so far as to program the life out of things so that there's no room for God to move, 
we also never want to be people who just float through life. We don't want to be people who just let things happen and we're always in reaction mode. We want to do more than just be receivers of life. We want to be givers of life as well. And all of these things in our lives need to reflect that as a church, we need to be a church that exists on purpose. Now, I want to start talking about it over the next several weeks, about areas where we as believers need to be and do on purpose. And it starts for me this week with existing on purpose. Instead of just sitting back and letting things happen, because I think we can all agree that we've sat back and let things happen, and what happened was a mess. We believe that God is sovereign and he has a sovereign rule over the entire universe. We believe that God still has, as the old children's song says, he has the whole world in his hands. We also believe that he has destined you and I for great things. Not just for mediocre things, not just to get by and survive. He destined you to thrive and created great works for you and me to do. And we need to be about those great works on purpose. On purpose, God has designed for you and me an abundant life. On purpose, God has provided and already set up sufficient provision for any situation you will face in life. On purpose, God has already set up a hedge of protection around any place your foot will find to fall. I am not limited, nor will I ever be bound just to whatever happens. I can impact and influence each and every moment and then rest in the power of an almighty God who can go beyond the things that I can't do. Question remains, is are we up to it? Are we ready to let the spirit of God create an impact in and through us? Are we willing to pay the price of being a church on purpose. Philippians chapter 3, beginning in verse number 13, says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind me and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal of the pro- for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. None of those words by the Apostle Paul are accidental words. They're intentional words. I reach forward. I press toward the goal. Now, the scripture we read has been refuted or debated or even attacked as somehow God doesn't like unity. Verse number six in our opening passage says, and the Lord said, indeed, the people are one and that they have all one language. And this is what they began to do. And now nothing they purpose to do will be withheld from them. The people are one. They had a common goal. They had a common dream. They had a common desire. Now, some will say, well, yeah, it was easy for them to come together in such unity and such purpose because they all spoke the same language. So it just goes to say that if you get into a a community or into a nation where everyone speaks the same language, there'll be no misunderstandings, right? Whoa. 
looking at all the problems we have in this world today, all the misunderstandings, all the misinterpretations, and yet, for the most part, we all speak the same language. Or sometimes I wonder. I guess being all, quote-unquote, English-speaking would give us the ability to never have any communication issues. I think we're all beyond thinking that. This is not about a common language. This is about having one mind, one goal, one focus. They had a plan. They wanted to build a tower, build one that would reach to the heavens. Their problem was that their foundation, their focus, their whole reason for existing was themselves. They wanted to build themselves up. They wanted to create a name for themselves. In that culture, when you were building them to the heavens, you were saying because we were going to take over the heavens. That is not something to build unity on. But they were willing, even in their sin, even in their errant mindset, they were willing to do more than just dream together. They were willing to work together. Now, I'm sure they were still human beings. I don't sense in any of the scriptures we read that the people at that tower were from another planet. They were human beings like you and me, so I'm sure they had their issues, and yet... They had unity. I need to be clear. Unity does not mean we will agree on everything. Holy Ghost-filled people disagree. Yeah, they do. (laughs) Sanctified married couples sometimes disagree. I'm glad I get to say that when my wife isn't here. (laughs) Leaders in church sometimes disagree. Now, what's common about all of those three groups of people? In every single one of those three groups, you have those who are breathing. When we stop breathing, we will stop disagreeing. But this doesn't mean that because we have these disagreements or these different perspectives upon which we look at things, that we can't move forward as a church, as the body of Christ, in unity. Jesus prayed for this. John chapter 17, verse 20 and 21. I do not pray for these alone, but for all those who will believe in me through their uh, word, that they all may be one, as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be one in us, that the world may believe that you sent me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 3 in the NIV version We're called to make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. This means that when things get tough, we stay. We don't run. I've counseled many a married couple that went their separate ways. And when I asked them at the beginning of the counseling, what's the issue? Well, it's difficult now. And... One, whoever told anyone at the beginning of a married couple's life that there weren't going to be difficult times ahead. Whoever said in any situation, on any job, when you get to the point, you ask someone why they're leaving a job. Well, it's just not the same anymore. 
Now, I understand wanting to leave a job because you want to better your career or go in a different direction, but if the issue is because we've not been able to find a way to get along with other people, guess what? You're going to keep going from job to job because the, the one common denominator is you. But this means that when we have God's spirit, we make every effort. Staying when it means we have to work through tough things. Staying when it means we have to work through disagreements. Not giving up because it's hard. This may come as a shock to some of you. Hopefully it won't be too much of a shock. But it is my unfortunate duty to inform you that no church is perfect. I'm sorry. Even a small church like ours got issues. But running away or avoiding the issues doesn't solve anything. We need to be his people on purpose. And his people, when they're on purpose, especially when it's his purpose, we bond together and come together to address any issue that comes our way. Because if you look at the world around us, they don't agree with each other either. The evil groups that are around in our culture, they don't agree with one another, yet they continue to exist on purpose. The sinfulness that comes up from some of the mindsets that we have around us, they don't agree with one another, but they continue to exist because they bond together on purpose. We as God's people who have a greater spirit than just the human spirit, we have God's Holy Spirit, we need to exist on purpose. And that's going to require work and it's also going to require sacrifice and it has to happen on purpose those people at at the tower had unity a common purpose so what is our purpose as a church why are we here Jesus did a lot of things he healed the sick he raised the dead He performed miracles. He wanted to help people. He wanted to guide people. But I believe Jesus' purpose, his main reason for being here on earth can be found in Matthew chapter 1, verse 22. Verse 21. And she shall bring forth a son and call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. We need to be a church that gives to the needy and gives to those who are less fortunate. We need to be a church and a people as individuals and as a collective body who will stand against injustice and the nonsense and the mess that is passing for logic and sanity in our world. But nothing compares to helping people deal with the sins in their life, even if they don't want to identify them as sins. And that Jesus is the only way. Jesus came to save the lost. Jesus came so that, be, so, so that there would be fewer people spending eternity away from him in hell. He came to reconcile people to his father. Everything else was a means. It is, and I don't want to be misunderstood here. I have traveled this world and wherever I have gone, I have made it clear I am proud of who I am and where I'm from and my heritage. But it is not as a minister, 
as a Christian, it is not my goal to make more Americans. It is not my goal to make more people who will follow the American way. It is to help people find Jesus. Amen. The group at the tower, they had unity. They had a common purpose. They had vision. I need something from each one of you. I need you to dream, to dream with me. Now, I'm sure that there were people, just because I understand human nature, that there were people who were at that tower as they were building it who laughed at them as they built it. I don't think that was restricted just to Noah and the people around him. We need people in God's body who will stand firm when the world around us laughs at us, when the world around us tears us down, when the world around us calls what we call common sense, they call hate language, when the world around us just doesn't get it. We need to stand firm on purpose. I need people who can see what I see in my spirit's mind, seeing this place filled not just for the sake of numbers, not just so that we can say it's filled, because if it's filled, that means lives are being changed. That means needs are being met. That means souls are being saved for the kingdom of God. I want you to dream with me and see people, see this church, this little church, impacting all over the world, impacting other members of the body of Christ all over the world. So what dreams can you dream for this congregation? Things that we can do to reach out, things that we can do to minister to the needs of other people, to let other people know that Jesus loves them. You see, the people at the tower had a vision, but it was based in sin. Let us make ourselves a name. I'm not interested in promoting Hiram Claudia. I'm not interested in promoting any one of us. It's about promoting Jesus. Because as we sang, he is the air that we breathe. My reputation, you liking me, is not going to get you into heaven one day. It's going to be about what did you do with the name of Jesus. This isn't about just taking time to brainstorm, although that can be part of the process. This is about letting God give you some divinely inspired dreams and hopes and aspirations for your own personal life and for the life of this church? What can God inspire us to do on purpose? If you have ideas about outreach, share them. If you have ideas about touching others, share them. If you have ideas about doing things differently, Share them. And I know that can get a little sticky because we don't like to do things differently. We like things to be done the way they've always been done because we're comfortable. But I'm only interested in things that God touches, that God is inspiring. Now, I have accepted that God has asked me to lead this church. But I completely am committed to the idea that all of the inspiration for this church does not come through me. Too many times we think too small or we think in a 
small little place. I remember when my oldest son, Andrew, was young. May have been around 11 or 12, maybe 11. And it was raining outside. And I mean raining. Not drizzle. It was raining. Now, he had been outside playing, and then it started to rain. And like many kids, when it starts to rain, well, I'm playing, so you don't stop playing for rain. So he kept playing, and then it started to really rain. And he didn't come in. And I'm like, child, it's raining. Come on in. And he was just standing there in the rain. And I would call out to him, Andrew, it's raining. And his response to me was, I know. (laughs) He had no problem standing in the rain, getting all wet. It didn't matter how he looked. It didn't matter how he felt. It didn't matter how much his dad thought about him at that moment. He didn't mind getting all wet. When it comes to the Holy Spirit raining on us, I believe so many in the body of Christ are too afraid to get all wet, too afraid to step in and, Lord, whatever you do in my life, whatever it looks like, and if I get all wet and it makes me look a little strange, that's okay because I'd rather be all wet with Jesus than half wet with nothing else. to all he wants to do in our lives. Over these next few weeks, I'm going to be talking a lot about purpose and things that we want to do going forward. So many people don't want to get all wet in the spirit because they're too proud. Church, it's time to get all wet. Just get all wet. Spirit just flood over me. But how will it look when the spirit floods all over me? Church, who cares? Who cares? And we don't need to find first. Well, I'll let the Spirit lead me, but where is he taking me? Then I'll introduce you to our brother Abraham, who was able to obey God even though he didn't know where he was going. Because how many have experienced in their own Christian walk that God doesn't always tell you where he's taking you? And the reality is, in my own experience, I have found he doesn't always tell me where he's taking me, and that's a good thing. Because nine out of ten times, if he did, I probably wouldn't have gone there. We need to jump in. Jump in on purpose. Jump into seeing how God can use us for other things. Jump in to see what other things God wants to do. Jump in and get all wet. Now I have shared in many a, a message my view of that evil thing called roller coasters. Now, that's my perspective. I can't find it in Scripture yet. But I have to admit, there is a part of me that admires just how all into it those who enjoy those evil things are. 
Because when most of the people come off of a roller coaster, you know they've been on a roller coaster. They may have had hair that was all in place at the beginning. It's not that way at the end. And if they weren't experienced enough to take their glasses off before they went on the roller coaster, their glasses are lost now. Because they gave themselves completely to the experience. Church, let's give ourselves completely to experiencing the Holy Ghost in all that he wants to do in your life and in mine in 2021. Why? Why would we go there? Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we could ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Unto him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through the ages, world without end. Amen. He is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. Well, I'm ready to stop testing that. Let's start asking and thinking with our own limited minds and our own limited perspectives and let him do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ever ask or think. Because God is that what he wants to do in your life is exceedingly and abundantly above all that you've ever thought. I think, I, I believe in my spirit. God has some amazing and awesome days ahead in the life of Calvary Church of God. Will you dream with me? Will we go forward together in this? It's going to involve getting wet, getting all wet. And the part that I have to commit to as well, it's going to involve getting on that roller coaster. <sighs> Not even sure why people comb their hair before they go on a roller coaster. It's not going to be that way when you come off. But God can. If we will be his people, if we will be his vessels, if we will be his hand extended on purpose, God's church needs to exist on purpose. Stand with me, please.